socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Spurs, girls, and novelty socks. Here's the last update. I have a cold. We're not recording in person yet because I have a cold. It's not COVID. I got tested for it. Or tests are bad and stupid and the pandemic got us. Uh, the vaccine doesn't work. Vaccine doesn't work. Uh, I'm paying Marty extra this week to edit the podcast. Anytime I blow my noise, he's going to put in a fun sound of an elephant. Cue the elephant right here. Or if I sneeze, he's going to do a little uh, train whistle. Cue the train whistle right here. Shooka, 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 shooka. That's not a whistle. And if I cough, he's going to do a car without a muffler. Cue the car without a muffler right here. Yep. So if you hear those, that's just me being a little sickly. And if I take a nap, you're going to hear my snoring. Mm-hmm. That's what and if you hear a glug glug glug, that's him drinking Nyquil by the bottle. Or it's a throwback to one of our previous episodes when we went over the glug glug uh, uh, thing. Picture. Yeah, the glug glug yes, picture. picture. Kelly, you really think the vaccines don't work? I never said that. You said that right at the beginning of the episode. I never you said, said that. that you tests were it. stupid. Why would you say that? You can't. I, I did want to clarify that. If you haven't been vaccinated, go get vaccinated. That is the official stance of Spusco Sonata. Oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. And I this never is probably said the thing that that's going to put you over the edge if you're skeptical. <laughs> you're like, Joe Rogan said, don't do it. But Spusco's novelty song said, go do it. Yeah. I did it. I did get mine. We all got vaccinated. Hey, you guys yes. want to hear something funny about getting vaccinated? Yes. I have 5G now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I have Bill Gates um, disease. Uh-huh. <laughs> you Dude, do you think? Do you think Bill Gates spread himself too thin with the vaccinations, and that's why he got divorced? I think that. Um, I think that Melinda um, doesn't like those microchips. Yeah, yeah, I, guess. Uh-huh. I think that's good. Wait, wait, can you can you take that again and get just a clean laugh? Yeah, sorry, I should leave a yeah, pause yeah. for the audience yeah, laughter yeah, when yeah, I say laughter. that. Hey, yeah, yeah. I think from the Melinda, top. I think hey, I think the reason they got divorced. Scott, hold on, Scott, can you start that again? Yeah. <clears throat> hey guys, I think maybe the reason Bill and wait, hold on. First of all, have you seen this? Have you heard <laughs> about this in the news? Bill and Melinda Gates got divorced. Wait, what? Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Bill Gates. You know, he's putting out these vaccines, right? Uh-huh. uh-huh. We all know that. <laughs> well, hey. Well, hey, listen to this. I think maybe the reason uh, Melinda wants to divorce him is because of those microchips he's putting in the vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silently laughing right now. Why are you silently laughing? Yeah. This is an audio medium. <laughs> but audibly screaming for some reason. <laughs> Oh, uh, you tore down the house with that one. We watched a good movie this week. Welcome to Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs. Yeah, they know what it's fucking called. They pressed play on the file. Yeah. S-G-N-S, right? S-G-A-N-S? Yeah. S-G-N-S. And they also know that this is a podcast about dumb shit, and yet they continue to listen. S-G-A-N-U-S. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's some dumb shit right there. All right. They also, they know that that was Kelly talking, and they know that this is Marty talking, and that the other guy, this guy right here, that guy. who has two thumbs, two thumbs, and he talks a lot, who has two thumbs that don't have any audio cues and are yeah, and pointing to myself. my name is Scott, myself. too. Is yeah, that what you were leading up to, Marty? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. 
All right. Hey, I want to hear the first, I want to hear like a sort of synopsis, like the first paragraph from a Wikipedia page about what we watched. Does anybody have that prepared? I do. This week we're reviewing Best in Show, a 2000 American mockumentary comedy film, a spoof on American dog shows, co-written by Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy and directed by Guest. The film follows five entrants in a prestigious dog show and focuses on the slightly surreal interaction among the various owners and handlers as they travel to the show and then compete during the show. Much of the dialogue in this film was improvised. That is word for word the opening to the film's Wikipedia page, and I went word for word because we've done our fair share of Christopher Guest movies, and we're finally doing the one that is considered his apex, the best one. This film was a modest success, earning $20 million against a $10 million budget, and was slash is a critical smash, being widely considered an all-time great comedy film. The original outline for this film was only 15 pages long, and they filmed over 60 hours of footage. Best in Show was inspired by the already existing famed Westminster Kennel Club dog show, but Best in Show was the inspiration for the National Dog Show, presented by Purina, which has taken place annually since 2001. After watching the movie one night, John Miller, president of programming for NBC Sports at the time, pitched and sold his concept for a televised national dog show to take place on Thanksgiving each year, and voila, a tradition was created. Gentlemen, what did you think of Best in Show? I kept saying, I feel like every Christopher Guest movie we've watched, I've been like, this is actually my favorite Christopher Guest movie. The fuck is I talking about? No, this is the best one. Duh. This is the best yeah. one. This is yeah. the best, best one. Yeah, this is just a very good and funny movie. And I think part of the reason that this one is the best is because I liked and like felt for these characters the most. Like there were mm -hmm. the the ones that are like evil are like really evil, and then the ones that are sympathetic are like really sympathetic. It's like when I think about this movie, I'm for some reason this is kind of like a weird metaphor. It's like two masks, and like one of them is like smiling, and then one of them is like frowning. I don't know. Yeah, speaking of masks, somebody stop this movie from being so good. Am I right, fellas? No, I want it to be good. Okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, this is the first guest movie that I have seen prior to the podcast. This predates the podcast, and it's Whoa. the best one. <laughs> they all predate the podcast? No, me watching His it viewing predates of the it, podcast. You My viewing of it. Mm, that's not what he said. Rewind the tape. Okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> not gonna... All right, let's, Mr. Semantics. No, let's argue context for the next 10 minutes. You just recently passed film. the bar, Marty, didn't you? <laughs> uh, Section 1A of the record. <laughs> uh, this movie rules. It's so funny. Uh, Eugene Levy is hilarious. Jane Lynch is hilarious. All the characters are hilarious. Have um, I said this yet? Um, hey, more like Eugene Levity, am I right? Because he's really bringing a, quite a bit of humor to this movie. Once again, doing a very insane vocal tick in this movie. Once again, doing a weird face and a weird vocal performance. Did he, have, he had to have had prosthetic teeth in, right? Yeah. No, he grew those. I think he was he fucking those. <laughs> he let them yeah. grow out for a couple months before filming. <laughs> yeah. He just drank a lot of milk. He's like fucking then, Christian uh, Bale. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's wow. just intaking so much calcium. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is easily the best guest movie we've done. I do think it is a, a big part because it's so nice. It is just like 
It's just a pleasant movie the whole time. But I also think a big part of it is that this is the wackiest of all of these movies. Like, this is the one that's just, like, not based in reality for the most part. And it really, it adds to it. Because the, the funny thing is that this movie, my, my I'd never seen this movie before. My thought going into this movie was, oh, it's going to be a bunch of jokes about dog owners. And there is a lot of that in this movie. But it's, it's really character-based. Like, once again, like, with all of his other movies, like, very surprisingly, like, he just does not go for the easy jokes. Like, you would think it would just be, like, make fun of dogs, make fun of dog owners, but there's, like, barely, there's not that much of that in this movie. It's mostly just, like, character relationships and what's ridiculous about the types of people who would be involved in this kind of thing. And it's just excellent. Like, it's literally just a, a riot from the beginning to the end. The opening scene is, like, the most predictable opening scene. Like, you know the payoff is going to be they are not talking about a child. They're talking about a dog. But it still just works perfectly because the performances are really funny and their relationship is really funny. If we're Speaking of, I also just passed the bar, so I should preface this with that. Um, I don't know if I'd call this movie a riot. I was... <laughs> I think that might be a weird description. <laughs> I guess when I turn okay, the movie you're, on, you're just saying really funny. You're, you're saying yeah. really funny, but yeah, like, yeah. but even as like comedies go, like I'm trying to think of a movie that's a, there's a, this is still Christopher Guest is always a subtle nose nose laughsman. I guess I didn't nose laugh. At Not this in movie, this though. one. This one's this one's really fun. This one's just yeah. Laugh out loud my laughs are more like a, a lot of H's and A's. I would say with this one, haha. <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah, um, nose laughs are like FM FM FM. Scott, I'm curious, what comedies, because you've said this point on a few things we've watched, where we all agreed they were really funny, but you didn't laugh out loud. So what comedies do you laugh out loud at? Um, This one, like I just said, I went ha ha ha. And then uh, um, the Eric Andre movie we just watched, I went ha ha ha. <laughs> um, and those are the two I can think of right now. That's yeah, a that question to not prep at all for. Because I don't think I could answer that either, Marty. <laughs> yeah, I don't keep. I I I left my. Let laugh me check my laugh in the log. other rooms. So my yeah, LL. I don't have this data immediately available I, for I you. I feel like you guys have no memory of anything ever. Well, I don't know. Like, I think you, like, what, you, you. We don't have a log, on, Marty. Of... Can you zoom your webcam out because your giant fucking. <laughs> Modoc like, quite frankly, keeping it relevant. Modoc like Modoc. cranium Hulu. is <laughs> not fitting in summer. frame. <laughs> I just mean like I don't know. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying as far as like it's not the most laugh out loud thing. The reason I ask is just like I kind of think like if this isn't the kind of thing that is a laugh out loud funny movie because I thought it was like I don't know. What I think is it was a laugh out loud funny movie, but I don't think it was a riot. I just don't. <laughs> That's right. This started because you took umbrage with me saying it was a riot. Yeah, no Christopher way, Guest movie a is a riot. You know what? If anyone's a riot, Spinal Tap may be a riot. Okay. Can but I, I mean, can I get in, in the umbrage line? Because I have I also wanna take a take, take a number. Yours okay. is two. Marty, I have you <laughs> quoted here as saying that you think this is the wackiest Christopher Guest movie. And yeah. I take umbrage with that because it's okay. not, but also none of them are like that obscenely wacky. I think well, it's not as wacky as Spinal one? Tap. Spinal Tap's oh, okay. the wackiest one. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Spinal Eugene Tap's Levy wacky. Has... Spinal Tap's a riot. And this movie just isn't. Marty, if you're going to take umbrage with that, Marty, we cannot move on. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Eugene Levy has two left feet in this movie, guys. Like I don't, I don't know that, how that's no, not the way. I also, thing I would like to yeah, take his umbrage. wife has had sex with every, with every side one. character they come across. And, I would like to take and, umbrage and with all... e- Eugene Levy's two left feet because it's actually a right foot and a left foot, but they're on opposite feet. If you had two left mm-hmm. feet, they'd both be curving the same way. And they I take were. umbrage with that. So. And they were. No, they yeah. were. They were. No, they were the curving opposite yeah, were. directions. Uh rewind the tape. I think no, the tape. they were. They were. Let's go back. It was let's, two left feet. It was. Let's it was, the tape. They were both pointing to. Because remember, the whole shtick with him is that he said when he when he used to walk around when he was younger, he would just walk in circles. I know the yeah. shtick was good. Don't and get he me would wrong. Say, the shtick was good, if, but if the his feet, physical if he, shoes... his feet were switched, if his feet were switched, first of all, he would say my feet were switched, and also when he walked, he would uh, start doing the splits. So it doesn't add up, Kelly. I swear, this photo is hard to see. You know what? I'm wrong. <laughs> Kelly's pulling up the... Kelly? Yeah, this Thank is you, Kelly. 188 yeah, pixels by 141 pixels. I didn't know this episode would be so contentious. There's a lot of hot debates on <laughs> A lot of hot debates. The thing is, we about, all like this movie, movie we so we're arguing over the stupidest shit. We all, said, we all said, not only is it a movie we like, but it's the best movie we've seen from this director. Yeah, who we've no, seen we've like fucking, 10 of movies. Well, let's, instead so of good. fucking sniping at each other, let's talk about all the good parts in this movie, because there's so many funny... There's we haven't so even much. gotten into all the characters. Marty... I'm sure you have this data in front of you because you're kind of the number cruncher of the show. Can you walk? Can you name off all the characters one by one, and we can kind of talk about each funny one? Let's start with Christopher Guest. He's the bloodhound owner. He, yes, he is a. He owns like a fishing sh- a fishing supply store, and he has a bloodhound, and he does a lot of puppetry. Also, yeah, and he talks for the dog at times. This guy's got a lot of hobbies. Uh, yeah, and he does like a really funny specific uh, is it like an appalachian accent i guess he's doing kind of in yeah that? i think so yeah i thought i was i was very impressed by his performance because i was like damn not only did he like get this look down and he looks perfect for the movie but the yeah. performance from him in particular was very strong it's like his like his jaw is always kind of like slack and relaxed and <laughs> he's 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 definitely i think took like the note of like you know like the owners always look like their dogs and vice versa or whatever. Like yes. he definitely was <laughs> yeah. like, I'm my character is going to be if a bloodhound was a person. Yep. He was. <laughs> well, he, he had hound like features and then, yeah, I don't know. It's just God. Will Sasso. Wasn't he was the well, one Sasso sending him just off. refusing to understand that he wasn't going fishing? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and he really wanted to take this one tape. He's like, yeah. take this tape. It's really funny. And he's like, okay, great. And he's like, you gotta listen to that tape though. <laughs> yeah. The funniest part tape. of uh him him doing the voice of the dog was just when like he kind of like clearly he was improvising and he would like sometimes he'd be saying words and sometimes he'd just be like, Who's your booty cookie? Like he would just like go <laughs> in and out of like sentence fragments as the dog and it was funny. Yeah. There's to there's a thing in this movie that guest, I think in particular, every one of the movies has this and they, they all do it really well. And it's a really specific improv thing where like the Will Sasso being obsessed with he doesn't understand he's not going fishing and trying to give him the tape. It's like character, an actor being given, this is what your character is all about in this scene as an improv thing. And normally, like, you watch, like, a Judd Apatow movie, and that just, like, murders the scene because they'll be, like, they'll focus on, like, one thing for th- 
40 minutes of a scene or what, however long it is. But in this movie, they'll like, spend there's a 15 scene where, minutes making a joke about like a character will have a beard and that's 15 yeah, minutes of yes. the movie. And they'll just riff back and forth and it'll just go to hell. Like the guy running the dog show, there's one scene where he's being interviewed and they're hanging a curtain up behind him. And he just like the, for a first second, he's like, Oh, don't get any dirt on that curtain. And then like, Two beats later, he's like, uh, the dirt on the curtain. And it was so, so funny. But that's all it was, was just two beats. And they it was like a minute scene and they moved on. And I was like, God damn, every single scene was like that. Every single scene, the characters are so specific in what they're like invested in. But it just does not waste time. It just stay. It just gets as much out of it as it can and moves the fuck on. Which is why they probably shot six hours, and I'm sure like five of those hours of footage was like, or sixty hours. I'm sure like a lot of that footage was like a lot of just that going on for too long. But the, it's just lean. It's just so lean. Ugh. It's lean it and lean. it's dry, and I I love it. Uh, it's like a good. It's like a good. Well, except for the dry. It's part. like a good yeah, never jerky. Mind. Okay, like thank you. Hey, I was gonna say a steak, and I'm like, wait, no, dry bad. <laughs> uh, uh, our next character. Oh, Kelly, you have something? No, go. No, go. The the next. Our next was a group. We got Michael McKean and John Michael Higgins, who are the uh, gay couple with the. These are that's the th- the the part of why this movie is so good is because like a lot of the characters I would legitimately like to like get dinner with or something like that just like they'd be fun to hang out with like handle a dinner with them yeah no i would love to fucking like be these guys friends like the braces (laughs) characters are like the two that the only uh, only ones that i could not deal with insufferable but that's their whole thing yeah yeah Yeah. they're and yeah that's the don't they open the movie with them being like she's stressed she saw us having sex and it's like it's funny that they think that that's why the dog is like sad or depressed or whatever you want to say, and then they just like fight in front of the dog as violently as they did. <laughs> it's like I think that's probably why she's like kind of torn yeah. right now. I don't know. And also, you're treating a dog like a human, right? Yeah, yeah, like a <laughs> like a eight year old kid for some reason. Oh, that would be so weird to do. <laughs> They're reading. <laughs> <laughs> They're reading so far into the dog's like most minute actions, like which is what it's like looking at. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, dogs kind of look all over the place. I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything when they like lose her toy and they're like have to go get the toy. And the the owner of the dog toy store is just like, this one kind of looks similar enough. It'll do the same thing that the other toy was doing. And it's she just like the won't same. believe the dog. It's not the same. She'll She's know. gonna know. Like, no. She is not going to know. <laughs> it's like she won't know. He's kind of in the wrong for not picking up on how crazy this woman is, but also yeah. like he's the more sane of the two peoples, and he's just trying to do his job. So yeah. Take also, his side. the scene if the scene was him like placating to her, it would just be tragic. It's only funny if he like doesn't get it. Oh right, yeah. It would just it would go f- quick. It would, it be, would go no, into like that. it would become really grim if he was like, "Oh, this the woman is mentally ill." I like, like well, that or even just we don't have a B toy. Yeah, and then it's the and then she leaves. That's a stop. So yeah, that's the end of the scene. It. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but this uh, the gay couple is very funny. Uh, they also just have like a very like sweet relationship where like the um, sort of more like flamboyant like type a uh guy is the 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 one who like shows the dog um and then uh his partner who like was married to a woman they like imply for a second and then they like you know 
found love and he's like more like the like supporter of the I don't know I just like thought it just like felt like very genuine and I also liked how like yeah. it seems like so much of the time like the character's lack of self-awareness is the butt of the joke but these two seemed very self-aware and were just like genuinely funny people like just all the yeah. jokes he was cracking when they were like checking into the hotel I just yeah I don't know these were funny characters Who's next? Yeah, I think I think the movie. No, yeah, I, I said who's next. Really... I'm sorry, you don't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Eugene, Go ahead. Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I think the movie in general, like the characters, the only ones who are like, yeah, there's only one couple that's like unlikable, sort of, and even and or like mean to their animal in any way, which is like the Parker Posey group. Uh, which we can talk about them next. Park, Parker Posey and Michael Hitchcock. That's where we were. We, we were already mostly went anyway. into it. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think in general, that's the right tone for this movie. Just make these characters likable and have them be more self-aware than the other guest movies. I think like, the only the ones you can make an argument for being unlikable or they're more like, they're more like true neutral, I would say, is, um, oh, Jesus. Now I'm playing, uh, Jennifer Coolidge and fuck. Jane Lynch. Thank you. Jane Lynch. Yeah. That's our next couple. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge doesn't get enough time in this movie. I've said before, No, it, yeah. I'm a Jennifer Coolidge supporter. She made so many kids' movies in the mid-2000s um, funnier, mm-hmm. and she should win in the movie more. I think Jane Lynch is one of the more believable like dog trainers in the movie. She does a really good job like mm-hmm. making me believe that she knows the ins and outs of dog training, and it's good that they paired her up with the poodle that won like the last two years in a row, I think is the plot. And yep. when she's presenting the poodle at the end, she's like sprinting with it. And I'm just like, hell yeah. Jane's in it. She's in this character. She's got this. This was like her big break, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. she's done interviews where she said like, this was like this. I was so glad to get this role. This one and 40-Year-Old like- Virgin, I think, were like the two big sort of breaking points for her. And then she got Glee yeah, and crushed it. Because she's Jane Lynch, and she's very talented and very funny. Funniest line was when she's like, yeah, uh, my dad was, like, sort of the, uh, you know, like, he had high expectations and and was firm, but my mom supplied that unconditional love, and that worked very well for us. Until my mom killed herself in 2009 or whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Next, you got Eugene Levy. This is fin- final ones. The winners of the best in show competition, of course, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara. Did I say uh, Catherine O'Hara? I call him the- uh, Eugene Levity. Did I say that yet? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. You okay. Called him okay. Eugene O'Hara does a really funny. So she injures her leg at the end of the movie, and then Eugene Levy has to like. You know, he gets his like he gets the, he's only here to get like it's like a full arc in the movie where he like gets some confidence, shows the dog, wins the show. Like, but her her walking on her bad leg is like the funniest. <laughs> I've, I, I laugh Dude, that so was hard every a, time. A physical like feat the way she makes that look Amazing. and like without it's like hurting so herself, she makes it look yes. like there is something right. It's so stupid, she is about but to also like there like is something wrong. Moment. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, her leg, her leg. She takes a step, and her leg just shoots out the other way. It's like there's no injury that would cause this. There's no injury, and it, yeah, no, like you said, like it's like she could easily like tear her own. She could tear her ACL and like shit doing that. Like, yeah, you could hurt trying to make it so look easily. like she's hurt, she could fuck herself up. <laughs> yes. 
It was so good. And yeah, the recurring thing of like, they go to visit like an old friend or somebody recognizes her and they're really horny and aggressive toward her. And she's like flattered by it. And then usually Levy's like, oh, but she's also not like leading them on in any way. She's just like, oh, that's so sweet of you to say. But it's like the things or she's just kind of like, like yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or shit. No, I yeah. think she's into it. I <laughs> yeah. think she's like, she, she always like, because it's all the joke is always like, it'll be like some middle aged, like schlubby looking dude. Because that's also the other funny thing, too, is like, it's implied that like, you know, these guys are probably hunks back in the day, but they just look like right. total, you know, like balding middle aged schlubs now. And so they're her name is Cookie, and they're like, "Oh, are you Cookie?" And then they're they're like, "Remember me?" And then they start like <laughs> describe the moment where like she's like, "What? No, huh?" And she's always like confused. And the the funniest part yeah. of that joke is the moment where it dawns on her because first she's like, "Oh." Oh, like, like yeah. you see, like it's coming back to her in stages, and she's having memories of what we presume is just like the raunchiest shit, and just to see, like, I don't know, people in their like, I don't know, like forties or fifties or whatever, being so nasty. Yeah. It's just a funny bit. What well, they're being nasty in like very inappropriate areas too. It's in like front of her in front of the also. husband is number one. When she they go on like a pit stop on the ro- their way to Pennsylvania for the dog show, and they stop at like one of her friends' family's houses, and he's like in front of his wife and kid, and just like French kisses her as a greeting. It was yeah. Just like, oh and my he's like, god. Let me give yeah. you the tour. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> and then like, it's one. It's it's almost like you think at first before you know any of this, Eugene Levy's character is like. Oh, he's just overreacting to like how many partners she's had in the past, blah blah blah. But then, like, you see all the interactions. It's like, yeah, I would be like pretty upset no, about all these. He's also. completely justified. Yeah, it's completely justified. Yeah. Oh man, the we haven't even touched on the best gag in the movie. The be, the the it, and it's the whole climax at third third act of the movie. Whatever you want to call it is Fred Willard's announcing character. Oh my oh, god! god. Which <laughs> remind Again. me in Dodgeball is Fred Willard the announce? No. Oh, are you sure? That's Gary Cole. Gary Cole plays the like uh, play uh, color play by play Bateman. guy, and then Jason, Jason Bateman, Bateman plays, the, plays the idiot. Oh, crazy. I swear! Yeah. But I swear to God, it's a they, similar before same they wrote character. before they wrote that scene, yeah. they watched this movie. I swear yes. to God! Oh, like, 100. Oh, they there's, definitely were like, what, can we just rip this There's off? no way Jason Bateman was not inspired by Fred Willard's character. They're like in the same vein of like that sort like, of yeah. style of a of clueless announcer. Now, he's so let me ask out. you this. Like, <laughs> and all of his, th- this movie also does a thing, and his character is the best version of this, which is like basicness. Like every joke he makes, every joke he makes in quotation is like so basic. He sees the bloodhound. He's like, it'd be funny if he was wearing a Sherlock Holmes hat. Wouldn't that be funny? And it's like, that's the stupid, that's like the lamest suggestion you can make. And that's every single one of his This is like the type of joke he makes. Oh, so that dog can smell really good. Well, it better not be uh, around me after I have Taco (laughs) Bell. And one of the funnier jokes was when the the straight man commentator was like yeah remember when you said that last year like yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and just that this other guy is like british and like clearly like an expert and is like yeah so exasperated that he has to be next to this like buffoon that is just unqual the 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 british guy is very qualified and then fred willard is very unqualified 
The fact that it's so, it's not set up in any way, they just appear and this becomes part of the movie as these guys announcing the show, and that it's like still so grounded is so good. It's he's just a deal. guy off the street. He's like, he literally knows as yes. much as the audience does, <laughs> and that's what makes it so good. Yeah. So funny. No, it's, a, it's a perfect Because he's just asking, but, and then it's also, oh. hold on, one more, just, it's, it's nice that he is, he's able to deliver all these hilarious jokes, but he also is the surrogate for us, the audience, because I sure as shit didn't know the rules to a fucking dog show before watching this. So like he's, he's carrying a lot. That's all I'm saying. I also feel like Fred Willard's character is one of the few people in this movie that makes jokes like almost explicitly about the dogs. I think for this being a spoof movie of, of like a mockumentary about a dog show, a lot of the main characters don't really like, they don't take, it's not like dog based humor really yeah. it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's human based humor a, in this yeah. environment yeah. and then yes. fred willard is the only one that's sort of like pointing out like oh you they really ch- take a look at these the dog genitals there don't they and it's just like yes like and it's almost like yeah that is kind of weird but i think when when the coke commentator says like i remember when you said that last year like halfway through their sort of bits it's almost like, mm. why is Fred still asking all these really dumb questions? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Don't think about it too hard, Kelly. I know. It's just funny. You can funny. put that it's in the IMDb snubs and flubs if you want. That's fair. No, I just think it's. I think it adds to it. I just think it adds to it. In the version of this movie where it is more dog-based or it's more about, like, aren't isn't owning a dog weird? Like, Fred Willard's character would be the exact same and it would just not work. But because it's so, like, character-based that he comes in, like, with a fucking, like, with all of the references that you've been expecting, it's just, yeah. He points out that uh, the word shit is in the dog name Shih Tzu. Shih Tzu, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's so, like, oh my god, like, no the effort, classic. no thought is put into what he says. Like, yeah. <laughs> As a spoof, 10 out of 10. These are always hilarious takes on documentary subjects and documentary plots. It perfectly skewers the type of self-importance that goes on to be a subject in a documentary in some capacity in certain types of docs. As a movie, you know, guys, I've got a special reviewer for this week's episode. He watched the movie with me. Give it up for my dog, Otto. Wow. That is sad. This is sad. Oh, there he is. I was like, a, is he out of the room? Now Otto I gave can it hear ten, him. He gave it 10 barks out of 10 barks. Wow. Wow. That was He's a little thrilling cinephile. and not at all sad and cool. Thanks, Otto. I give this movie a 10 <laughs> out of 10 as a spoof, 10 out of 10 as a movie. It's great mm-hmm. on both fronts. I have nothing more to add. It's probably one of the... It's it's up there with the other ones that we always... We're going to talk about this for like the next 25 episodes, <laughs> I promise you. We're going to... Cons- yeah, this will probably be the, the movie that we compare everything else to. <laughs> Just like until it we is the about bar it. to cross, and it's going to be hard to yeah. cross. Well, yeah. fellas, tens across the board. Huzzah! A gold, a platinum whoopee. Oh, I was so excited to say that it got caught in my throat. Uh, yeah, no, this is for yeah, this is a very this is the best Christopher Guest movie, and it's a thoroughly enjoyable movie. I could watch this. A couple times and still find little funny details to laugh about. Scott, do you have a novelty song for me? Yeah, as a matter of. Do you have one for Marty too? I also have one for Marty. I'm. I got one for <laughs> both of you guys. What if I had one for each of you, but they were both different? 
<laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to do breakout sessions on this episode. That would be... <laughs> I leave this session. Uh, remember that novelty song I did that was about, like, uh, who let the dogs out, and then we had that dog show? Yeah, and I was just thinking about that, and I was like, dang. Yeah, well, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I should have done that for this episode, but I didn't. So instead, guys... Look out the window right now. What do you see? I have my curtains. House. I have my blinds down, but I would Another see house. A veg- vegetation and a sidewalk. Oh, vegetation and the sidewalk, you say. That's right. It's summertime, guys. When you look out your windows, you can see that it's beautiful summer starting up. So uh, we're talking about... Is this a novelty song? I guess kind of. It uh, It's summertime and the living is easy. You know this song? Uh, is this Simple yes or no questions. Will Smith? <laughs> nope, that's um, a different summertime. Damn it. In the summertime when the living is... Uh, that's no, on. that's Mungo Jerry. Oh my god, <laughs> there's so many summer songs. Yeah, well, you'll you'll get uh, a couple different versions of this one. But it was written in 1935 by a little fella named George Gershwin and his buddy Debose Hayward. It's an aria composed in 1934 for the 1935 opera Porgy and Bess. And this is like that weird time in the 30s where like op- they called them operas, but they were like musicals for all intents and purposes. Musical. Thank you. Uh, Gershwin began composing the song in December 1933. We're all over the map with these uh, dates. Attempting to create his own spiritual in the style of African-American folk music of the period. The song was recorded for the first time by Abby Mitchell on July 19, 1935, with George Gershwin playing the piano and conducting the orchestra. The 1959 version of the musical featured... Uh, Luigi Norman singing the song. That rendition f- finished at number 52 in AFI's 100 Years 100 Songs survey. Um, I guess I should mention... So here's the, here's the reason I picked the song. This is one of the most covered songs of all time. <laughs> Which I'm surprised, I'm surprised you don't know it. Uh, I mean, we probably do, but like, I just don't know it by title. Uh, their inspiration for the lyrics was uh, the Southern folk spiritual lullaby, All My Trials. Uh, they have a character singing a snippet of that song in the musical as well. Uh, and the lyrics have been highly praised by Stephen Sondheim. Uh, writing, uh, he's talking about the opening line, and he says, uh, the and in the opening line as in summertime and the living is easy. That and is worth a great deal of attention. I would write summertime when, but that and sets up a tone, a whole poetic tone, not to mention a whole kind of diction that is going to be used in the play. An informal, uneducated diction and a stream of consciousness, as in many of the songs like My Man's Gone Now. It's the exact right word, and it's that word, and it's... And, ah, fuck it, whatever. I always write these big paragraphs that, like, seem interesting at the time, and then I'm, like, reading them out loud, and it's like, who gives a shit? I was interested. Yeah. <laughs> Teach and me. He, his point is just that he's, because it could be, like, summertime, it's summertime and the living is easy. He could, you could say summertime when the living is easy, but he says the and is important. 
Sondheim wrote a bunch of musicals. Y'all probably know that. <laughs> Guys, I got a bunch. So, like I said, this is the most one of the most covered songs of all time. I have eleven versions of this tune in front of me. Oh my god! Uh, and I'm gonna tell you who the singer is. Uh, and all you gotta do is guess what year it came out. So it's okay. we'll do it. We'll do it this way. It's Doughboy's rules. Uh, if you nailed it on the head, you get two points. Otherwise, whoever's closest gets one point. So, version number one of Summertime. This is by Ella Fitzgerald. What year did this come out? Summertime. 19. Good start. 64. Okay, Kelly. 1959. I'm not going to price this right. Good man. Oh my god. Well, Kelly, you don't need to price this right because you nailed it on the fucking head. Wow, nice job. Two points to you, sir. Damn. Damn it. Well, that was kind of a jazzy version. Let's hear kind of a, a rockin' version. This is the zombies with their version of Summertime. One of these mornings. You're gonna wake 1973. Then you're gonna spread this your has wings. got some mad... 1968 vibes. 65, another point for Kelly. Damn. Kelly's going to go five years less than me. It probably peaked in 68, though. Am I right, fellas? (laughs) You know what? I'm looking at this quote from Sondheim now. I don't like that he said an, he called it an uneducated diction. That's annoying. I mean, he's I pretty appreciate the, the end. Yeah, well, it's just, it seems a little El Racismo, but I also think that probably uh, these... It's the classic thing, because this whole Porgy and Bess musical is just like... It was white guys writing about uh, like black people in the 30s, mm. so it's like, for entertainment, it's it couldn't have been a good portrayal, yeah. but I... You know, I'm not that familiar. I just It's a good song, though. I mean, the song itself is like... A fucking classic. I mean, there's a reason it's been covered so much. So, okay, now that you've heard uh, two versions... Have you heard this song before? No. What the fuck? <laughs> May, pro- I mean, probably, but it's it's not... You already told us. You asked us, hey, summertime and the living is easy, and we both came up with different songs. Mine was the Will yeah. Smith summertime yeah. version, and Marty's was, was... I don't know, but I know that one. That one I said. That one he said. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. When you get to the more modern versions of this song, we'll probably recognize it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. Well, here's uh, another one. It's Sam Cooke's version of Summertime. So hush, little baby. Don't you 1971. Ooh, there's some ghosts. Yeah, it's haunted. Oh, Kelly, look out behind you. Oh, no, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly got unfriended. Uh, 1969. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 57. It's, a, it's an early four, one. Four to zero. So Kelly is utterly destroying. Marty, get out of the 70s. 1971. <laughs> stuck, stuck in the 70s. <laughs> I, just, yeah. well, I couldn't place All where right. most... I'm like, I know most of these names, and I know their music r- roughly, Marty. but I keep... I'm like, what decade are they from? Well, the 70s was popular. 
<laughs> Here's Janice Joplin. Oh, oh 1971. <laughs> Janice Joplin died young. Remember, died oh, young. Yeah, Nineteen twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real guesses, real guesses. 75, 1975. You're telling me that's the same song we've been listening to? Yeah, I know. You kids going right crazy on you joking me? Uh, 1972. 68. Marty, come on, I... I don't know if I don't know if she lived to seventy five. I didn't think she did, but you made me re-guess. I said seventy one. What do you mean re-guess? I said get out of the seventies. I'm, I'm <laughs> so also you said seventy. What you motherfucker? Five five to zero is the score. I also love the or it's the taking the extra time to guess. <laughs> Apparently, you just got to put some thought into it. Just giving you think. some tips. No, no, just no, no. Gut reaction. I'm a gut guy. I go for my gut, guys. I don't need to think. I just trust my gut and go with 1994. <laughs> you guys, this is a band. They, they're always doing these crazy punk covers of songs. <laughs> so here's... No, it's me first and the Gimme Gimme's version. 1998. 94, I'm sticking to my guns. Hey, Marty, you got one. It's 99. Oh, so close. One point for the... Don't call to come back. Damn it. Five to All one. right, this one's by Billy Stewart. This is a very famous one. This is probably, I don't know, this is a good one, too. Billy Stewart. This is good. Sixty. Wait, no. Sixty-two. Seventy-three. Sixty-six. I got it. <laughs> that's, oh, that's two from Marty. Yeah, I have to two. That's close. Do we close. do Billy Holiday? I think I skipped one. This seventies easy. Yeah, seventy-eight for sure. Seventies fidelity. Nineteen fifty. Uh, nineteen. Whoa, this is a cover? 1952. You guys think music is way later than it is. Okay. I get that fellas, one. That was 36. <laughs> okay, that was, I, was, I honestly thought Another I was point? a little late. Another point? Marty's creeping. Marty's creeping. When did what, this song what? come out? When was five this to one? Three. It when came out in 1935, right? Uh, yeah. All right, here's <laughs> Joe Henderson... And Chaka Khan, who's appeared in previous works, played on here on Spoofs Goofs Novelty Song. Station identification. It's more modern. Seventy-eight. <laughs> That's your guess. <laughs> sneeze. <laughs> oh, it's not sneeze. <laughs> Seventy-five. Another point for Marty. Sugar, sugar, sugar. This is nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, Come it sounded. Pretty yeah, clean. I mean, listen to that. The vocal sounded really clean. Yeah, I, but yeah, I was like, yeah. but I was like, I, I know she's been doing music. Okay. 
Five to four. You're sublime. Don't call it a comeback. Oh, and this is more 52. of like a wait. This Rome? is not a, a this is not a precise cover, but it's with more Rome of a or without homage. Rome? I think this is uh, without Rome. W slash O Rome. I know this. Okay, now I know the song. I know th- this is music. I've heard this. Yeah, before. this is music. This is music. <laughs> now this is music. Now, this is what I call music, dude. Ninety-seven. No, it's got record scratches in it. That's 98 <laughs> and a half. Ooh. Kelly, you priced You were very close. 99? In fact, you were one and a half years off <laughs> because this came out in 1997. Marty, two points for you. No! Oh! Takes the lead. Why Act did like you do that before. to me? Why did you play those <laughs> games with me just now? Six to five. American Idol winner Fantasia Barino's take Ooh. on Summertime. What year did she win? 2004. 2005. Marty. Damn it. You were one year off because this came out in 2005. Oh my God, the swings. The swings. Wow, this is heating up. Seven to six. Oh my God. Oh. God damn. So it all comes down to this final question. This one's a little more obscure, <laughs> and quite frankly, it has a silly name for an artist. It's by the Fun Boy Three. It's kind of like us. Uh, here we go. It's the Fun Boy Three. New podcast name with their <laughs> better podcast version <laughs> of Summertime. I know this song. I recognize this version. What? Uh, it's 88 88 79 oh my god well it came out in 1984 Ooh. which means i win you tie you we tie, tie. marty gets seven. one point because he's his guess was one year closer Damn. than kelly's good job that and you cut tie it's perfect game set <laughs> match it sounded like morrissey that's why i guess the 80s it wasn't Morrissey, it was Funboy 3. Every day it's summertime. Funboy 3. Martin, you got a prod? <laughs> uh, I do. Are we doing me this week? I, I don't know. We can. Are we? I don't know. Kelly, Kelly how do long you is your prod? prod um, not too long. Okay, mine's long. So let's do Kelly. Well, then I'll go. We're already kind of going long. Yeah. I'm doing a slinky. We're doing a slinky. I love hey, a slinky. Haven't done I don't it have one. Don't have one. But send I me can a, look picture. Up a picture of it. I'm not going to send you a picture of a slinky. I got to well, What does it look like? What were you going to do if we were in person if you don't have one? I'm not going to tell you what I was going to do when we were in this person. Is this is always but we've pointed price. this out from episode 1. It's stupid that It's a visual part of a <laughs> audio medium podcast. <laughs> right. I'm not we really video. shouldn't need to bring them. We really we, shouldn't need to bring them. No, but it's better. It is better when we have it fi- if we're in person and we physically have the in thing person, there. In person I would have brought, have more I would have brought okay. something okay. physical, but I'm not going to tell you what it would have been because it makes noise. That's pretty cool. Guess what? I'm not going to tell you what it would have been because it's a surprise you don't go. Come on. Let me have fun here. I wanna be surprised. Summertime. 
<laughs> Slinky invented in 1940-something by Mr. and Mrs. Slinky of the Slinky Fortune. He... Ah, of the Connecticut Slinkies. The Connecticut Slinkies, indeed. Scott Trick, indeed. God. Uh, he he invented it. This, is, this part's true. He was working Who's he? on... Who's he? Mr. Slinky himself, okay. I told you. Okay, okay. And you know how they came up with the name Slinky. It's actually not their namesake. It was because... Okay, I'll go through the backstory a little bit. I really don't know who invented it, but I know the backstory. He worked on a ship. He was working on balancing uh, things for naval ships. And what he ended up doing was uh, he dropped one of the springs, and they were compression springs, so it's mm. they when they stretch, they, they're springy. Makes he sense. He dropped one, and he noticed that when it was moving, it was walking. So he was like, oh, that's great. This would make a great toy. And uh, I think he filed a patent on it, I imagine. And then he showed his wife, and his wife was looking through the dictionary for a name. She found the word Slinky and was like, this is perfect. And they named it Slinky, and they got a $500 investment, struggled to get it in yeah. toy stores. It was between that and Squelch. And Squelch. And Squelch was too <laughs> much like Welch's, and that was already a Kevin, great yeah. use, So Kevin O'Leary gave him a $500 investment for 20% of their business. Probably something stupid like that. They were selling them for like a dollar each, but it was like, it was like it was like poor people toys. Everyone could afford it. They were in high supply, high demand. It's a damn spring. It's just a spring that doesn't really work. It's not even like a spring, you know. It's like I it's, love it. It's a spirally thing. A slinky, slinky. Everyone knows. Like, Everyone loves them. I, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's like it's hard not to just like like a slinky. It's just such oh. a like. Good toy. You give it's me such a, a good slinky. Toy. If you don't want to, if you don't like a slinky, hey, fuck you. Hey, give me a slinky and a lot of stairs. Do you get off? I, and I get like a full day's worth of entertainment from it. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Like I do think it's just rock solid. If you don't like a slinky, I want you to fuck off. Yeah, I want you to dump, jump head first into a porta potty. Fuck exactly. face. So for this week's novelty product segment. As we all know, episode 89, very near and dear to our hearts. I can't believe we made it this far. I thought it'd be fun to do a little spoofinality quiz. Yeah. So we're going to do... Wait, so hold on. What the fuck's a spoofinality It's quiz? just a simple test. It's like, it's a, like personality, a personality, but like test. a silly person. Oh, okay. okay. But it helps you determine what novelty product you are. Yeah. Episode 89, big milestone. Everyone knows that. So yeah. I came. I did, wrote a little quiz, did a little math. Me being the resident spoof expert. Um, yeah, you're kind of the numbers cruncher I'm of the kind show. Of the Excel spreadsheet guy over here, and uh, we'll just go through. Let me get. Um, let me get a notepad. I can up. hear you click clacking and typing away on your keyboard. I assume just was, kind of putting the that was Marty. finishing touches on the algorithm. That was Marty. You wrote for this. That was Marty doing that. Oh, well, he's kind of the numbers guy of the podcast. Oh, I'm clicking a little bit uh, cuz my my video guy, my video is lagging right now, so it's really fucking throwing me off. Yeah, that wasn't me. I didn't start clicking and clacking until after you said something, Scott. So, anyways, uh here's where here's here are the questions. You guys just go ahead and answer them however you see fit. You can score between 0 and 34 points, okay? First question, wow. real basic. Big range. Where do you prefer to work out? Oh, you could just say anything? Sorry. I gotta write down your names quick for the quiz. Where do you prefer to work out? The gym? The open road? The basement? Or the dumpster? 
Mm. Open road. And I prefer hiding in the basement. The basement? Lifting All right. rats. All right. You're at a steakhouse. What do you order? A fried tofu sandwich, a Ugh. steak, huh? a wedge salad, Ugh. or you leave the restaurant and grill at home. Steak. Steak also. All right. You're on a date. And you forgot you had to watch a spoof movie for your podcast tomorrow. <laughs> Do you watch the spoof movie on your phone, tell your date something came up and you have to watch a spoof, ask your date to watch the spoof with you, ignore it, read the spoof Wikipedia, keep calm and carry on, or you can tell me what you would do. You can come up with Yeah, I was going to say, is one. there an option for I flip the table over in anger and I'm like... You knew this was tonight. You knew I had to do it, and you tricked me. I, I, I ask my date to watch it with me. All right. Uh, see, I can hear. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, no, I hear that your like Turing machine fucking crunching the data over there. (laughs) I okay. Where was I? What is your ideal breakfast? A bowl of Captain Crunch and Adventure Time. (laughs) An egg sandwich. Are you looking in a mirror? A bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) Coffee. Uh, I don't eat breakfast. I have a novelty product segment to create. Or (laughs) choose your own. So uh, I'm going to go with the first one. Cereal and Adventure Time. And I'm going to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. You should say that. Sounds like you did. Sounds like this was this morning, by the way. Kelly was like, oh, fuck, I didn't write that thing yet. Oh, I got to watch my cartoons. I got to watch my cartoons. I'm eating cereal and watching cartoons and making my segment. (laughs) A, B, and C right there. Uh, Scott, what did you. I do the responsible thing and. Enjoy a bowl of oatmeal. Not a bad answer. Not a bad answer. None of these are wrong. Good answer. Good answer. You're in class and your teacher offers free time. What do you do? Do you spin at fidget center? Spinner? Sorry. Fidget center. Fidget center. Ooh, Ooh la do you, la. <laughs> do you play with a slinky? Do you Ooh. study and do homework or do homework? Do you do Pokemon related activities like a trading card or Game Boy game? Or... Tell me what you would do. Other options. Slinky, slinky. I remember that I'm 29 and out of school, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I gotta get to work. All right. <laughs> in the school. Yeah, I just stand up, and I'm like, shit, I'm an IT administrator. What the fuck am I doing? I don't have study hall anymore. Does, okay, last question. Does diabetes or heart disease run in your family? Yes, no, or... Choose your own. Well, what if it's just diabetes? I mean, it's yeah, it's yes. Put me down for yes. Yes. All right. A reluctant yes. That's a game changer. Little to no heart disease, Kelly. Come on. All right. Let's see. Scott, you are a Kermit puppet. 
<laughs> oh, oh, here to accept the award. Well, it says is, Sans is... voice right here. It says it says Kermit Puppet Sans voice, and it says pretty dang oh, novelty. I would like to. I would like. It's to my think. award. Hold on, let me just take this off my hand so it'll stop talking. Um, I'm very curious. I have a question after you announce what Marty's is. Sure, I gotta crunch his numbers. Marty is a small accordion. Hey, good thing this only plays one or two octaves. Oh, um, I'm the talking accordion. I You're not Kermit. <laughs> but I want to be so bad. Couldn't you have simply written down these questions and then written down Kermit thing and small accord like you only really needed two answers because I don't see how no there's a bunch of I other can't answers see how the sausage is made but I can't see how what I said led it's a to... personality quiz Scott you don't ju- mm. it's it's there's a lot of but science sometimes that you goes can kind of tell <laughs> okay is this a Scientology exam like what is it is a this what they do in there yeah but wait a minute how many medichlorians do I have <laughs> that's not on the quiz I mean if you you can create your own personality quiz if you want hey Scott so. you've got one quarter portion <laughs> you can you know what okay. and even the listener they can create their own if they want to also no one's gonna judge what if little Oliver Twist came up to that guy? Can you imagine? <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? May I have some more portions? <laughs> one half quarter. One quarter portion. is all you get. I'm Simon Pegg, I am. <laughs> He's got a low voice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that character. Fucking, what's he his plays, name? He plays Unkar Plutt, yeah. Unkar Plutt, thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Gee, I wonder what podcast I was listening to today. <laughs> Spoof scoofs and novelty songs. Are we getting out of here or what? Yeah, Let's get out of here. End. I think that's the end of the episode, guys. Fifteen times. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hey, folks. Once again, we appreciate it. Uh, next week we're doing uh, Bull Durham. Ooh, sports, sports. <laughs> <laughs>